So last week, our family took a trip to Washington, D.C., um, and besides getting to visit some of the fantastic um, Smithsonian museums, we also, of course, saw many of the monuments and memorials like the Washington Monument, the Jefferson and Lincoln and MLK memorials. We walked by the Capitol, uh, walked by the White House as well. You know, there's so many iconic symbols of our country in, in D.C., whether it's, you know, the Lincoln Memorial, or MLK Memorial, or the Capitol building itself. Like, each one of these kind of provides a window of meaning into the history of the United States. They represent something more than just the physical building or monument. You know, the same is true and even more when it comes to the sacraments of our faith. Sacraments like baptism and communion are like little windows to God. They help us get a glimpse of the beautiful and generous life and love of God. They help us be reminded that, um, that our lives are also supposed to point beyond themselves and be little windows into the generous life and love of God. And so we've been in the midst of a sermon series called Sacramental, uh, looking at what it means to be a kind of living sacrament that directs others to God. And so we've been using the language of communion to help us get a sense of what a sacramental life looks like when Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples. Taken, blessed, broken, given. Uh, The first week we talked about what it means for us to be taken, claimed by God. Then last week, what it means for us to, to live lives that are a Blessing. Today we look at what it means for our lives to be broken and still point to God. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. I invite you to listen for God's word. We don't preach about ourselves. Instead, we preach about Jesus Christ as Lord, and we describe ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. God said that light should shine out of the darkness. He is the same one who shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we aren't knocked out. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am broken. You are broken. All the people that we know are broken. Our world is broken. There is outer brokenness like war and poverty, and injustice, and oppression, and there is also inner brokenness. 
we experience struggle, we experience hurt, we are flawed and fearful, imperfect and insecure, we are frail and we fail and we hurt others. We do not love ourselves, we do not love others, we do not love God as we ought. You spend any amount of time with yourself, you spend any amount of time with another human being, any amount of time with a group of human beings or in a place, and it doesn't take long to begin to see the cracks. Even artists and writers and musicians spend so much of their creative energy expressing the human awareness of brokenness. I mean, think about how many songs or books or poems or paintings capture that complex frailty and brokenness of human existence. Chosen and blessed as we are, we cannot escape our brokenness. We've all got some cracks in us, and life has left us cracked. This is the reality of our humanness. But as one song says, there's a crack in everything. It's how the light gets in. Paul the, Apostle, Paul the Apostle had some wonderful things to say about how our cracked and frail humanness actually bears witness to God's glorious grace. He was writing to the church in Corinth, a church with whom he had a very complex relationship. He wrote letters to them to address, uh, to address conflicts, uh, to address division in the church, to address immorality, as well as it seems to defend his own credibility as an apostle. See, apparently some people in Corinth were looking at Paul and his colleagues and were beginning to wonder, wait a second, these people are ordinary. These people are flawed. These guys aren't professional orators. These guys are experiencing all kinds of hardship and persecution and failure and setbacks. I mean, I heard they got arrested. And they're supposed to be some kind of special messengers with a special message from the living God? Then why are they nothing special at all? Why are they so cracked? Wouldn't a perfect God want a perfect vessel? Someone maybe more successful with fewer setbacks? I mean, should we even listen to them? Now, before we scoff at this notion, we would do well to remember how natural it is for us to run from brokenness ourselves. It is in our instinct to avoid pain, to mask imperfections, to deny our failures, to try to cover up all the cracks. All that stuff is like an unwelcome guest that we want out of the house in our lives. Will people think of me if they knew how, how frail and insecure I was, or if they knew all I had done, or all I had experienced? Or I, I really don't want to have to, to deal with this past pain or setbacks. Or, or we view brokenness under the shadow of deceit and curse. Like, if I'm like this or if I'm experiencing this pain or hardship or if this person over there is like this or if they're experiencing this pain or hardship, it's just proof, further proof that I'm worthless or useless or they're worthless or useless. It's, there's not hope. You know, I've always suspected it, but now I'm convinced of it because of what's happening to me or what keeps happening to them. 
when we try to deny or run from or bury our pain, our suffering, our brokenness, we don't actually get closer to healing at all. Nor do our lives point to God. If our lives are going to be sacramental and direct others to God, we have to recognize that our brokenness is just as much a part of our being as being chosen and blessed. Instead of running from it, we have to become familiar with it. Instead of putting it in the shadows, we have to begin to put it under the light of God's generous grace. That's what Paul writes about. We get to preach about Jesus, he says. God said light should shine out of darkness and God's light has shined, has shown in our hearts to give us knowledge of God's glory. But, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay. What a beautiful image. What a beautiful metaphor for our cracked, frail being. After all, God fashioned humanity out of the dirt like a potter forming clay, and like jars of clay, like clay pots, we are frail, we are cracked, and yet can be used for amazing purposes. Jars of clay are unique and uniquely cracked. They are fragile, they break. Each of us, each of us in our brokenness, and in the brokenness we have experienced, is unique. The way that I am cracked and have been cracked reveals something unique about me. The way you are cracked and have been cracked reveals something unique about you. And ultimately, together, it reveals something about the God who heals, who restores, who holds it all together with grace. Paul is owning that his life is ordinary, Frail, imperfect, like a jar of clay. He's not running from the brokenness. He's putting it under the light of God's grace and love. We have this treasure. We have this message of Jesus and his love in jars of clay and imperfect, flawed, broken human vessels. But it's not a curse. It's not a detractor, Paul says. It's a way for us to better reveal God's grace and glory. God's light is shown in our hearts, Paul is saying, and we want you to see that same light of God's love and glory shine through the cracks in our lives. This isn't something to run from or for others to run from, though. This is to be able to show that the awesome power and privilege to live for and speak about God doesn't come from us. It comes from God. It's not about us at all, Paul is saying. We're trying to point you to God with our lives. So it's great we're jars of clay. Because the cracks and the brokenness reveal the power of the God who heals and redeems and restores. Paul goes on to say, we're experiencing all kinds of trouble. We're jars of clay, but we aren't crushed. We're confused, but we aren't depressed. We're harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Now, Paul's not presuming a kind of pattern of suffering to follow. His point is to show that God shining through us occurs precisely in the midst of our hard lives, where we get knocked down, but not knocked out. Now, all of those statements confess both the reality of being cracked, 
frail jars of clay and the reality of still being able to be used by God beautifully. You know, archaeologists have uncovered jars of clay, clay pots, all over the eastern Mediterranean. In addition to what we'd expect, you know, common uses like cooking and drinking, earthen vessels were also used to put coins in and treasure and valuables and documents for safekeeping. In fact, the Dead Sea Scrolls were almost entirely all found in clay pots. Clay vessels were also used as lamps. All you needed was a a good clay jar, a wick, olive oil, and something to light it with. So broken and frail, yes. Jars of clay, yes, we are. And God still sees fit to work on us and in us, entrusting us with the light of God's love and grace, with the treasure of the gospel of God's love and God's glory, with the beauty of God's message. Brokenness is just a chance for God's glory to stand out all the more. I don't know if you've noticed throughout this series, the wall behind us and the beautiful art that accompanies this sermon series. Our creative arts team does such an amazing job. The images are of Kintsugi pottery. Kintsugi pottery. Kintsugi literally means golden joinery. It's the Japanese art of repairing cracked and broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with a lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. The artist doesn't hide the imperfections and cracks. The artist does not throw the vessel away, but rather embraces the fractures and the cracks and illuminates them with golden and silvery seams of beauty. It's remade. The the repaired cracks now help make a jar that's even more beautiful and unique than before. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Our very lives are like Kintsugi. This is what we look like in the hands of God. This is what our lives look like under the light of God's generous grace. God is not unaware of our flaws, our weaknesses, our cracks, the pain, the hardship we've experienced. When we put it all under the light of God's presence, God fills the cracks with the gold of God's grace. You see, God doesn't intend to hide our brokenness. God doesn't intend to disguise it or discard it. Rather, God makes it a place where God's love and grace are on full, beautiful display. Even the glorious risen Jesus Christ had scars from his crucifixion. They were wounds where God's light shone through. Now let's be clear, God doesn't break us. God doesn't break us. God's binding presence works to fill our broken and missing spaces. And it's precisely in acknowledging our brokenness and the brokenness of our world in the light of God's grace and living out of a place of dependency upon Jesus 
that we are made more whole and are able to reach out to people who are also broken. Our brokenness, the brokenness that, that we've experienced when placed in the context of God's healing grace can help us become a hospitable place for others to find compassion and care and God in the midst of their brokenness. Our faith in Jesus never means that we will escape the brokenness in ourselves, brokenness in our world, but rather that brokenness in the light of God's grace will grant us the opportunity to come to trust God's grace shines brightly through the cracks. doesn't mean the brokenness will somehow go away or become less. And still, bringing it into the light of the one who calls us beloved can make our brokenness shine. Shine. God's shining through us happens as we are. Brokenness at all. And people look to the light. That's what we want. Look through the broken bread to Jesus' saving death and resurrection. Look through the brokenness in our lives to the power and love of God manifest there. In his wonderful book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen recalls a powerful scene from a Leonard Bernstein musical, Mass. In this scene, the priest dressed in liturgical vestments is lifted up by his adoring people high above the crowd, carrying in his hands a glass communion chalice. Suddenly, the people's arms give way, and the priest comes tumbling down, and his vestments tear off, and the glass chalice falls to the ground and shatters. As he walks through the debris barefoot, wearing only a t-shirt and jeans, he suddenly notices the broken chalice. He stares at it for a while and then says, I never realized that broken glass could shine so brightly. <laughs> Taken, blessed, and yes, broken. That's who we are. We live in a world full of, of other imperfect people who mess things up. We live in a world where messed up things happen to us. Our lives are not perfectly put together. There is suffering and there is sickness and there is tragedy. And yet, in the cracks that, that weave their way through our lives and through the world, God is at work. And not only is God at work, God actually shines the brokenness. God uses us like jars of clay to carry a treasure. Grace always finds a way to shine through the fractures in us and in our world, persistently shining through all the cracks and crevices like, like sunlight sunbeams through the blinds or through the space in a fence. May our lives, friends, 
be cracked in beautiful jars of clay under the light of God's generous grace. And may we cause others to say, I never realized that broken glass could shine so brightly. I see you, God. 